1: We're gonna. We normally kind of go chronological order, but there's two games out west that are later that I want to get to first, because okay. these are the two biggest games of the weekend for me. And the first one we're going to talk about is obviously relevant to Notre Dame, and that is the eight o'clock Eastern game out in out in Pasadena between number on. It's going to be on Fox. It's number seven USC at number sixteen UCLA. The Trojans are a two and a half point favorite in this game, Ryan. There is a lot on the line for these two teams and it's, it that have nothing to do with the rivalry. Obviously, the rivalry adds even more intrigue and flair to the game. But right now, you're talking about two football teams that have a chance to win the conference championship. Now, USC is the only team. USC is one of two teams. Well, actually, no, that's actually not accurate. USC does not necessarily control their own destiny it, based on. I got to go look at some of the tiebreakers and stuff because if they lose to noted, well, actually, yeah, they do because they'd be 11 and 1. So I think USC, right now, USC and Utah are the two teams that control their own destiny. If they both went out, they're both in. So UCLA has a shot as well. They're sitting there at 5 and 2. They're tied with Washington for fourth, but they're right behind Utah and Oregon, who are sitting there at 6 and 1. USC is tops at 7 and 1. So, the mm-hmm. Trojans can clinch a spot in the Pac 12 title with a win over UCLA today, or tomorrow, I should say, on Saturday. UCLA, on the other hand, Ryan has a chance to keep their Pac 12 championship game with hopes alive. Remember that Pac 12 no longer has the North and South divisions, they're now just the Pac 12. So, it's the top two teams overall that get in. So, UCLA has a chance to, if they can beat USC, they're going to need a little bit of help, but they have a win over. Over Utah, so if mm-hmm. if they beat USC and Utah gets beat by Oregon, I, I believe my understanding is that you'd see Oregon and UCLA in the conference championship game. So, we'll, whereas Oregon beat UCLA, so then Oregon would have the tiebreaker over UCLA if that's kind of how it all plays out. So it's a it's a little bit confusing because there could be a three way tie, but yep. UCLA has a shot to not only end their rivals' chances at a Pac-12 title game but to increase their own. So it's gonna be quite fascinating, Ryan. So talk to me about this matchup in your view and then kind of what your prediction was for this game, then I'll give mine.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
3: Well, I mean, if you joined us for the Tuesday night show where we talked a little bit about the top 25, the playoff ranking and just kind of how we see each conference playing out the rest of the year, you would know where I'm going with this prediction in the simple fact that, Brian, honestly, I was looking at this game even last week because this is a big one, you know, like USC, UCLA is a really nice rivalry. Both teams are notable this year, which has been kind of a change over the last couple of years. Both are good teams and it means a lot, obviously, for the Pac-12 crown and potential playoff opportunity for USC. If everything, if something shake out the right way, I think USC is going to win this football game. And it really comes down to me. I think that these teams are, Similar-ish in the sense they don't get to the same result offensively, but they are both very high-powered offenses. You know, USC is much more of a pass. You know, they have the air rate, implementation, the spread option out of their offense. And they do a lot of things to spread you out, hit guys like Mario Williams and Jordan Addison and let their athletes be athletes. UCLA does it a little differently. They're much more heavy relied on the run. Zach Charbonnet, Dorian Thompson Robinson, as a dual threat option at quarterback. They get to their result a little differently, but they are both still both high octane offenses. Defensively, I think both teams struggle at times. You know, I think that UCLA has a decent pair of pass rushers in Latu and the Murphy twins, but secondary wise, I think they aren't the best. I think you know the back seven in general, I don't think is the best when we're talking about UCLA. And I think USC is just not a very talented defensive roster right now. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I ultimately went with USC because I believe that Caleb Williams has just been a little more consistent throughout his career than what Dorian Thompson Robinson is. I know DTR has been much more consistent this season, but he's one of those players where I still have my – I still kind of tread softly with him at times. I'm like, but is it going to rear its ugly head at some point where it's a just a bad turnover in the wrong spot of a football game where it comes back to haunt you a little bit? So I'm going to go with USC, just a slightly more offensive firepower, slightly more trustworthy quarterback in my opinion. I'll take Caleb Williams' USC 41-38 to 38 in a really competitive and exciting football game against UCLA.
0: You
1: know, Ryan, I, I struggled with this one. Mm-hmm. I struggle with this one all week, to be honest with you, because I and I think also, I think part of me just is kind of doing the reverse psychology thing. I I really do. But I was surprised the whole staff picked USC. You picked USC 4138, Vince picked USC 4135, Sean Davis predicted him 45-40, Sean Steyres predicted 45-41, and Andrew McDonough predicted 45-42. Almost the exact score across the board. I predicted USC to win 37-31. And honestly, it just comes down to when I look at UCLA this year and I watch them play, I think they can give USC's defense a ton of problems and control the clock and, and eat, up, eat up the clock and run the football. And I think, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson can make enough plays to win the game. But the, the reason that I ultimately – I was really leaning towards UCLA all week. But the reason I ended up going with USC at the end beyond just, you know, the reverse psychology. And I, I'm just having some fun with that. That's not a real thing. But it just comes down to this. I watched I watched US, UCLA's defense struggle big time with Jaden Deloria. And you say, okay, it's just one game. You know, it happens. It, true. Okay. But then I also saw them struggle with Bo Nix in, in a big way. Uh, I, I saw them struggle big time with that kid at Arizona State who just lit him up. This defense really struggles with good quarterbacks, especially good quarterbacks that are mobile. And with yeah. all due respect to those guys, none of them are Caleb Williams, and none of them are going to have the perimeter weapons that they have. And and like somebody in the chat was like, you know, hey Mario Williams and and Jordan Addison could could both be out. My answer is, okay, like I mean they they're they're, they're so deep at receiver that it really you know obviously it hurts the it, it would affect the offense, but not enough to where I think it would you know, cost them the game. You still have Taj Washington, who's having a great year. He's got 30, well, not great year, but a a really productive year because they spread the ball around really well. You know, Jordan Addison's got 40 catches for 587 yards. Mario Williams has twenty for 26 for 493. Those are clearly good players. But Taj Washington's got 33 for 510. Brendan Rice has 26 for 336. Kyle Ford has 12 for 230. He had two huge plays last week. Austin Jones out of the backfield has 12 catches for 134 yards. Michael Jackson has nine catches for 154, although I think he is out right now. I don't think he – yeah, actually, no, he's playing now. He was out early in the year. Uh, And then you have Terrell Bynum, who's, who's been a player for them. I think he's back after missing some time, middle of the season. Here's the thing. If you took away Jordan Addison and Mario Williams from this team at the beginning of the year, this is still a really good pass offense. That's the kind of depth that they have. So I just don't think it's going to affect them as much. And all those guys I just mentioned still are better receiving cores than the ones that have been giving them so many problems outside of Oregon. i say Oregon. I like a lot. Oregon's Dante Thornton, you know, Troy Franklin. That's a pretty good receiving core when you take away USC's two best. But then you look at the other side of the ball and say, you know, look, they don't have better. They don't have better receivers than, I mean, Arizona state doesn't have better receivers than USC's backups. Right, I mean, or Arizona does, and I, I love the McMillan kid as a freshman, but their receivers aren't necessarily better than the kids that, that USC's going to be trotting out there, even if Addison and Williams didn't play, period, mm-hmm. much less 100%. So I just I, I just have a hard time seeing that. I think the defense is going to have to play, bring its A game, and if they do, the key to this game is the defense. They're going to run the ball on USC. They're going to score on USC. The question is, can the defense make stops? And right now, if it comes down to it, in the fourth quarter of a close game, and it's Caleb Williams against Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I'm going with Caleb Williams until Dorian Thompson-Robinson yeah. proves me wrong. Because the big games that UCLA has won this year, Ryan, have not been games where he had to make plays in the fourth quarter at the end of the game. They've been games where they were out in front and just cruised. You know, yeah. They they controlled the game against Washington. They controlled the game at Utah. They put those teams way early. He had chances against Arizona to bring his team back, and he couldn't do it. And I just, you know, it's the same thing I said last week when we were talking about Texas and TCU. Everything Mm -hmm. statistically, everything rankings, all this stuff, it's at Tech, everything points to Texas should win this game. They were favored and all that stuff. But then at the end of the day, what I kept saying to myself was, but Texas hasn't shown me they can win this kind of game. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with UCLA and Dorian Thompson Robinson. He hasn't shown me he can win this kind of game unless they get way out in front of a team. And I I just don't think they're capable of doing that. But if they can and they can force USC to play comeback ball, that's where UCLA could have some success. So the key for UCLA is going to be jump out early, get USC out of their desire to be balanced, force them to throw to football, then you can design some stuff to maybe create some problems because this USC offense can certainly uh, certainly uh, USC offense can certainly get into some funks, you know, mm-hmm. and and they're not the high-powered units that he had at Oklahoma. They're pretty good, but they're not that in my opinion. Right. So That's going to be the key, but I'm going USC 37 31 for this one.
3: And you know what else is an interesting thing, Brian, is that UCLA, because I saw someone in the chat say that, you know, UCLA can kind of wear down USC and control Mm -hmm. the clock. And I'm like, I I get that. I get it because Zach Mm -hmm. Charbonnet is a fantastic back, he's had a really productive year. But my thing is that they wore down Arizona technically too, right? I mean, he ran Mm – Zach Charbonne almost had 200 yards in that football game. They ran the ball very successfully against Arizona, and they still were not able to counteract defensively. I think the secondary and the pass defense, just for me, is too troubling. Like, it's – even if you run the football well, I just don't think they have enough to contain Caleb Williams for a football game enough. Like, that's just where it comes down to it for me.
0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: their last six games, 345 passing against Washington. They gave up 287 to Utah. They gave up 283 to Oregon, 349 to Arizona State, and 312 to Arizona. The only exception to that was Stanford, who who they only allowed 125 passing yards to. But Stanford has a completely different type of offense. A static quarterback that you know where he's going to be and big, not overly fast wide receivers. That's not what's going to hurt UCLA. What's going to hurt UCLA is the speed that we've seen, the spread teams that spread them out and can go fast. And that's yep. what USC is. So to your point, Ryan, I mean, that's a, you're, you're correct. They, that's exactly what they did to, to Arizona. They ran for 220 yards against Arizona mm-hmm. and still lost, right? They ran for 402 yards against Arizona State and still gave up 36 points to Arizona State. They rushed for 186 yards against Oregon and still lost by 15. Mm -hmm. You know, so their defense is the issue. If their defense brings it Saturday, they will win. Because I don't think USC can stop the UCLA defense or offense. It's just that I just think that UCLA's offense is going to, or UCLA's defense is going to have a tougher time stopping this type of pass attack in this game. So we both got USC Mm -hmm. winning this game, Ryan. Um, But uh, I'm, well let me ask you this before we move on. Let's talk about this from a Notre Dame standpoint. This mm-hmm. is an interesting question that I, that that I want to look at. In your view, what is better for Notre Dame to have USC kind of come in 10 and one, ranked in the top 10 and then Notre Dame beats them or because there's two ways to look at it. The other one is UCLA's a wounded animal or USC's a wounded animal and then Notre Dame puts them down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so part of me says, well, seeing USC lose two games in a row down the stretch and especially they get smacked sort of takes the, sh- a lot of the shine off of USC season, which then helps mm-hmm. with recruiting and some other things. But for Notre Dame specifically in 2022, it's the latter. So it's kind of like, do you look big picture? Do you look, you know, do you look just this season, the macro versus micro thing? If your concern is this season, then I think the advantage is you want USC to win. If you're looking more big picture, I kind of think the idea of USC getting smacked this week and then Notre Dame smacking them next week might might be the better option. So which one, Brian, for you do you think is, is your ideal scenario as you watch this game on Saturday night?
3: I'd rather USC come in with only one loss against Notre Dame. I do. Because I, I think I think whether it's short-term or long-term, Brian, like I think it's massive – for Notre Dame to say, not only in the short term, hey, we beat two of the better teams on our schedule, we're able to beat two top 10 teams during this season and take another one that could potentially be in the playoffs down to the wire. Like, I think that that's a big step for your program, short term and long term. I think that really sells it to that, hey, even with USC and everything that they got going on and the excitement around that program, we could still go to Southern California and punch them in the mouth. I think that that is a big step for this program just in general. And I'm always a guy that, like, I would rather a team – I would rather a team be the best version of themselves if I'm going to beat them. Right? Like, I don't want them to have an excuse. Well, you know, you caught up to, UCLA, uh, to USC and they're coming off a tough loss and they're mentally not right in the game. Like, no, I want them to be at their peak. I want them to be confident and I want Notre Dame to be able to come in against the best version of the team that they're playing – and punch him in the mouth. Like I don't want any, you know, I don't want any asterisks next to the conversation or next to the game. So I think going in and being a ten and one football team going into Notre Dame week, I would want to see U- USC as the best version of themselves, so that there's no excuses when Notre Dame's able to take them down in Southern California.
1: So your your focus is on this season. More than the other, which is totally fine. I think they're both very valid thing, ways to look at it. I just was curious which way you look at it. So for me, I always kind of root for USC to lose. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> but I also then I'm, I like it when they win because, as you said, if Notre Dame beats them, it's uh, you know it, it means more in this instance. But I, I wouldn't mind UCLA smacking them around a little bit, just to be completely honest. with you. And then Notre is <laughs> the one that kind of you know puts them down at the end.